0: We do have a new vision that we've been working with and a new series which uh, concludes today and then we're going to enter into another brief series of messages before Advent comes. Remember, Christmas is coming. We were in Ikea yesterday. There's like stars hanging from the ceilings already. Better than Halloween, I guess. So uh, let's just skip Halloween and go right to Christmas is what I I think. The vision that we've come up with is transforming our world together through the power of God, one life at a time. And uh, we're serious about that. We want to make a difference in our community, and we want to do it not because we're smart or intelligent or forceful, but because the power of God works through us to transform people's lives in His time and in His way, one life at a time. So we're looking for that person each day that we can have an impact in their life. The mission to work out the vision statement is to seek and serve Christ by, one, bringing others to Christ. He's the only one that can transform anybody because He starts from the inside out. He works in the heart. He impacts the soul of people, gets right to the core of people's life. We want to empower people to live and serve and grow in Christ. In other words, we want you to go deep in your relationship with God. We want you to understand all the riches of God's glory available to you. We want you to see your mission and grab a hold of this mission that God has given you personally to make a difference in this world, in His kingdom. As, and We're not observers in God's kingdom. We're all participants in one way or another. We want to help people belong before they believe. We want people to draw them in say, hey, love is for everyone. It's not just those that look like us or sound like us. Love is available to the whole world. God sent His Son to die for the whole world. And you just need to believe in Him to have eternal life. We want to overcome barriers with the gospel, meaning we want to make the effort to cross into other people's culture and language and history and figure out how we can take the gospel message into their world and transform them. And today we're looking at the last of the five mission statements, celebrating the goodness of God. I saw this as extremely important because so much of what we have in mission and vision is do, 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 do. But sometimes you just need to be still. You need to sit and enjoy the goodness of God. Celebrate Him. So would you pray with me as we continue in this message? Father God, we invite you here with us today. Fill this place with your presence, with your spirit. Guide the speaker, guide the hearers to know what you would have us to hear today. Send your spirit to touch our heart, impact our very soul, that we would sense your pleasure in us, that you would accept our worship and our praise and our adoration, that you would guide us to be more like Christ. We would leave this place energized, encouraged, transformed because of your presence with us today. Let us see you in a new way. I pray in Christ's name, amen. So I'm looking at the news and I'm depressed. <laughs> Iran is shipping more missiles to, and drones to Russia to use against Ukraine, against the UN agreements. And so far, the Ukraine has caused the war in Ukraine has caused four million refugees to escape to neighboring countries. Twelve million have been displaced within the country. So that's nearly half the population of Canada has been forced out of their homes. Biden vows to restore abortion rights in America. The situation in Ethiopia, uh, Ethiopia is spiraling out of control. Of Six million people in Ethiopia's Tigray region are being impacted by the Eritrean mil- uh, military right now. They're also being displaced. Teenagers shot dead in protests in Iran. August 1st, 28, uh, bricks of cocaine were found in a commercial truck crossing into Ontario. And I don't know if you read about the 28 duffel bags or 1,400 pounds of methamphetamines that were seized off of a boat coming into the lower mainland. It's wrong with our world. A man's inhumanity to man is astounding. I guess I'm, I'm disturbed often at how hateful people can be towards one another. How they despise other people, how they have no regard for human life whatsoever. It's like there's this uh, a, a, a covering of of apathetic people that don't give any thought to another person or their impact on other people. And what's worse is when people look at the situation of the world, they they want to blame it on God. They're, they say there can't be a good God in heaven because look at all the mayhem going on, the destruction on this earth. If a God was, how could a good God allow all of this to be happening? as if he's the reason for this you know or maybe they're saying maybe we shouldn't have free will maybe we should just all be forced to do good things all the time or maybe they're they're implying that every time someone wants to do something bad god must intervene and stop them before they do anything bad i think what happens for me when i look at what's going on in the world As it highlights the goodness of God. It's such a contrast between what God is constantly trying to do for us and what people are doing to one another. Man's inhumanity to man serves to highlight the goodness and the grace of God towards us in spite of how we treat one another. Our evil desires, our selfishness constantly war against us, trying to do things that are contrary to everyone else's benefit and and to help our our own selfish desires. I mean, we're fighting against the the evil side of our nature, against the devil who wants to create havoc and uncertainty and fear and destruction wherever he can. The world has been, always has been, and always will be messed up if it weren't for the goodness of God. If it weren't for God intervening and saying, "I'm, (laughs) I'm here, and I've got a plan. And in the midst of all this stuff going on today... My plan is marching forward, one day at a time. Lives are being transformed, one person at a time. I'm I'm, I'm intervening, I'm answering prayer, I'm, I'm here to do good. The message of the gospel is that there is a God who is in control, who has a plan, who sent an answer to our sin and the destruction that's going on in this world through Jesus Christ. And one day, we are promised that he's going to restore all things to where they're supposed to be. We won't have tears. We won't have mayhem and strife and destruction and selfishness and genocide and all of these things. They won't, there won't be allowed anymore. Amazingly, in the midst of this disorder and fear and wars and strife and discord, if you look closely, you can see God at work everywhere. Even in that car accident, even in that diagnosis, you, you, if you look you can find the goodness of God hiding there. Sometimes it's even more obvious. When we celebrate the goodness of God, we, we are reminded of all He has done and continues to do for us. It helps us take our eyes off our temporary circumstances and put them on the eternal God. So let me ask you a question. Now, when you get an A, where's my teenagers? College kids? Anyone here? No? Shy? When you? Oh, there's one. When you get an A on your report card or your assignment, do you do a happy dance? Yeah, I see that. You scream for joy. Do your parents give you cash? Oh, I'm just, you know, twenty bucks for an A, ten for a B. I don't know how in your family. I never got money myself. Always wished. So how do you celebrate a birthday? Do you? Um, let's go to the next slide. Do you uh, make a cake? Do you uh, get presents? Do you decorate? We just had a baby shower at, at, at our home last weekend, and our house is transformed, like miraculously. Walk in, like, is this where I live? Like, what? <laughs> Balloons and decorations and tables all spread out. It's like, okay, well, it's party time! <laughs> and they, and the course is like, of course, it's like, course, Tom, you have to leave. This is for women, so. <laughs> took my son-in-law and went golfing for nine holes. Is it safe to go back yet? I don't know. A couple of more holes. Do you make the one with the birthday person, with the birthday, feel old? I mean, to feel uh, special and honored? And, uh, you know, you want them to feel like they're spe- This is their day. We're celebrating your day. What about, do you celebrate graduation? Again, we... I, I do this 40-picture slideshow of my kids when they graduate. This is sort of like history. How, you, how far you've come in life and all the things that you've done through life, and now you've completed a major, a major feat. You know, we, we have speeches. We go to a restaurant or make special food. Um, we want to celebrate what the person has achieved. What about um, promotion at work? Do you have champagne? I mean, Coke Zero, you know, all around. <laughs> You know, go out, I've got a promotion, let's go, let's go have fun tonight. You know, when I I looked at the scriptures, it talks celebrating, um, it's about stopping and recognizing important achievements or contributions, honoring somebody who's done something in their life and saying, well done, good job, I'm proud of you, congratulations. King David wrote in Psalm 107, uh, verse 1 and 8, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. He satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. David is drawing attention to God's goodness. He wants us to see how generous God is and how, how much he cares for his people. He's always ready to bless, he's always ready to, to help out, to, to step in, to answer the prayers to get involved in our world. He's, he's a partner with us. We're a partner with him in life. He's walking with us through this life. 1 Chronicles sixteen thirty four says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. Nahum 1, 7. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. Does anybody here know what the word Eucharist means? It's Greek and Latin, but what does it mean, Eucharist? It's another word for the Lord's Supper. It actually means thanksgiving. Giving thanks. When we have the Lord's Supper, or if you want to call it Eucharist, it's a time to give thanks for the sacrifice of Christ for us. We, we observe the, the cup and the bread, and we, we thank God for His sacrifice for us, but it's a, it's a time to stop. Reflect. Focus on Christ and His sacrifice for us. So, so, how do you actually celebrate God? I mean, it's not like He needs anything from us. It's more about who we are in, in our gratitude to Him. Are we actually thankful? My wife and I were driving here uh, this morning, and, and she says, Okay, let's start listing all the things that we're grateful for. And so she's going for like five, six minutes. She says, Your turn. <laughs> I'm grateful I'm not having an accident. I'm <laughs> grateful I'm getting safe. And then, you know, but the beautiful mountains and, and, we, and the, the wonderful church and the, the friends that we have. Just an, an attitude of being grateful for the things God has provided for us. When we sing, we recognize God's majesty. We acknowledge his character. We focus our attention on him when we're praying. You ever wonder why we bow our heads? When we pray. Because if you don't, you're going to notice that fashion designer dress that person's wearing. down. That new suit they're wearing. You know, we're distracted by all the stuff we see. If we close our eyes, we're focusing on Him. We want to pay attention to God. We don't want to be distracted by what we're looking at. That kid that's fidgeting or whatever else is going on around us is like, No, God, this time's for you. I'm speaking to you, but God, I want you to speak back to me as well. We bring an offering out of gratitude for all that he has done for us. A sacrifice to reflect God's generous heart towards us. Tithing is an indication of where our heart's devotion is. As well as a sign of our thankfulness to God. When we give money to God, we're saying, God, thanks for all you've given me. I, I, I'm just overwhelmed by your goodness. I've got a, a great place to, to live. I've got a, a nice family. I've got a stable job. And God, you just keep blessing me. Let me, let me give back to you. So, so this money can be used for your kingdom to bless others. We celebrate God when we draw attention to his goodness and his kindness towards us, bringing glory and honor to him. We adore him, we praise him, we exalt him, we magnify him, we sing praises to him. We bow down to him. Have you have you in any time recently just kneeled down before the Lord? Bowed your head to him and saying, "You know, God, you are God and I am not." I acknowledge all the amazing things you've done for me, God. Thank you for my health. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for my... Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm yours. I I just want to give myself back to you for your service and your glory, God. David wrote in Psalm 145, verse 5, I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men will speak of the might of your awesome acts and I will declare your greatness they will utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. But we've done that today. We sing of his goodness. We extol him. We point out the amazing things he's done and who he is as our God. He's our God and he's good. God is good. God is great. Let us thank him for our food, being gracious to us, being merciful, his generosity, his patience, his discipline, his righteousness. His holiness. God is good. We just forget sometimes. We, we, we put our eyes on our circumstance and on the, the, the difficulties and the challenges and we forget the unchanging fact that God is good and He desires to have goodness all around Him. So in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and He said, Let there be light. And he saw the light was it was good. He created the land and the sea, and God saw that it was good. He created the plants and the trees and the vegetation and fruit and saw that it was good. He created the sun and moon and stars and all the heavenly bodies, and he saw that it was good. He created all the living creatures in the sea and saw that it was good. Are you getting the point? He created all sorts of animals. Livestock, small and great, saw that it was good. And then he, finally he created man. And he said, oops, no, he didn't say it. He <laughs> Male and female. He looked over all he had made and he said it was very good. Then he rested. And we celebrated the goodness of God. Everything that was made was good because it reflected His character and His nature. What He makes reflects Him. Man is the one that messed it up. We screwed it up. We we were selfish. We were impatient. We decided to do things our own way, to reject His his lordship over us, to become our own gods. So God established for His people opportunities to be thankful, to to remind them, hey, by the way, I'm doing a lot of stuff for you out here. I'm protecting you from your enemies. I'm giving you food. I'm giving you the the crops at the end of the harvest season. So he has Thanksgiving offerings. He has uh, fellowship offerings. He has offerings that people can come and just say, thank you, God. It's reflected in when we take up an offering here. People coming back and saying, God, here's here, thank you for all you've done for me. The celebration was God's idea. Celebrating God's goodness, he invented that. He says, let me just put some times in the year where you can stop and reflect and look back over your year, look back over the week even, over the day, and see where I intervened, see where I stepped in, see where I moved, where you could have had an accident you didn't, where you could have been disappointed you weren't, where I was what you needed in that moment. So it's no wonder that if God is all about being good and doing good things, Romans 8, 28 how many of you can quote it with me? And we know that God causes everything to work together for the, the good, of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. You see, He's even wanting to work everything in our life for the good of us who are called for His according to His purposes. He's even still trying to be good and intervene with goodness in our own life. So sometimes things don't actually look so good. Sometimes it's hard to celebrate. People keep asking me how are you doing, and I say I'm sad. I'm still grieving over um, my mom's passing, but I know that that's normal. But in the midst of being sad, I don't need to focus on that. I need to focus on the goodness of God because He's good all the time. Sometimes, though, we have to fight for joy. Maybe you've had to let go of a long-held dream of a life you always wanted. Maybe you're standing at a crossroads between a major disappointment in life and wanting to trust God for a way forward. In the midst of traumatic and dark things, we have to fight to not give in to the negativity and the darkness, but pursue the goodness of God in the midst of it all. He hasn't gone anywhere. We're just letting the circumstance and the situation that we're facing, the disappointment in life, become bigger. And what we need to do is magnify God and not the problem. I recall World War II, prisoner of war, Corey ten Boom, thanking God for the lice in her barracks. They did that because the Nazi soldiers would never come in the barracks because of the lice, and they were uninterrupted when they did their Bible studies. And it's like, okay, keep the soldiers out. Thank you, God, for the lice. Even in the midst of lice, there's the goodness of God. You see, it's a, it's a perspective we have We can celebrate the goodness of God at any moment. Sometimes we have to fight for joy, though. Sometimes we have to fight the temptation to be negative. Anne Voskamp was a homeschooling mom of six kids, and she fell into a very dark place personally. She was consumed by depression and fear. A friend challenged her to start making up a list of 1,000 gifts that God has given her. 1,000, not 100, not 10, but 1,000 gifts. Anne Voskamp, look her up, buy her book, called 1,000 Gifts. So she started with a pretty sunrise the next day. Then she started thanking God for her kids and for the food they had. And went on and on and on. And, and her depression and her fear and her anxiety began to dissipate. She began looking for the good things in life and her journey out of darkness into God's goodness and light Brought her to a healthy place, and so she wrote the book A Thousand Gifts, which started a career for her, and she's also written several other books past that, encouraging thousands of other people to recognize uh, the goodness of God. So there's lots to get us down. There's lots to be angry about. There's lots to, to, uh, to be frustrated with, but. Everything changes when you see things from God's perspective, and you put Him first. You put Him like a filter. You look at life through the lens of God's goodness. It all changes, and it becomes an opportunity to get involved in what God's up to. Instead of being on the sideline complaining and being depressed, we can get involved in God's activity, become light in the midst of the darkness. The Christian band called Rent Collective, do you all know them? I'm not promoting, I'm just saying. They wrote a book called Hallelujah Anyway. And the text says, I'll find a way to praise you from the bottom of my broken heart. Because I think I'd rather strike a match than curse the dark. Yeah, I'll find a way to thank you through bitterness, though bitterness is real and hard, because I'd rather take a chance on hope than fall apart. I don't think I'm ready to surrender to the dark. Even if my daylight never dawns, even if my breakthroughs never come, even if I'll fight to bring you praise, even if my dreams fall on the ground, even if I'm lost. I know I'm found. And even if my heart will somehow say hallelujah anyway. I fear a hymn of I hear a hymn of triumph in the wilderness of my lament and in the lowlands or the mountaintops. I won't forget all that goodness that you have shown me and the promises that you have kept. There's a better days on the horizon up ahead. Let it rise, let it rise in the dark or the night the light of my soul, stand and fight. If you've got a song to sing, let it rise. Hallelujah, anyway. Keeps the perspective in the right place. Psalm 33, verse 5 says, He loves righteousness and justice, and the earth is full of his goodness of the the Lord. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works, in Psalm 145. So I want to leave you with this thought. This comes from um, Ignatius of Loyola, founder of the Jesuits. Very contemplative person. He's famous for writing a book called um, Spiritual Exercises. And he required all of his uh, followers, all of the Jesuits in the order uh, that came to study with him, he required them twice a day to do uh, a daily examine. It's a contemplative prayer that you do from memory. And so there are five components to this daily examine. And what it does is force you to stop. Force you to focus on God force you to have a conversation with Jesus um, during the day. Often it's good to do it at the evening because then you can reflect on what's happened during the day and you can sort of walk through the day and start to see where God has intervened, start to see where maybe we've messed up and we need His help. So here's the, the five things that it wants us to do. So first of all, you just acknowledge an awareness of God's presence. God, you're here. God, thank you for who you are, all that you're doing. God, It's you and me right now. Help me to see what you see. Second thing, review the day in a posture of gratitude. What did God do throughout this day that was a blessing to you? My car actually made it from home to work. That can be really a challenging thing sometimes. Um, I didn't face any... You walk through the day. Neil had coffee on when I got here already. He didn't drink the whole pot again like yesterday, but... (laughs) This day there was coffee left for me. What a blessing. We review the day in a posture of gratitude. Walk through the day being thankful. The third thing, recognize, uh, this, this, this version says, recognize a consolation and a desolation from the day. So a consolation is an experience that causes you to feel fully alive or at peace, joyful, happy, content, connected, your best self you win. You, you, you came through. You, you, it was a great, great time, uh, and, and everything worked like it was supposed to. Find some of those during the day, and then there's the, the desolation. It's the opposite, an experience that causes you to feel drained of energy or frustrated or irritated or angry or sad or sorrowful, alone, unaccepted, fragmented, less than your best self. Find those moments where you messed up, where you felt overwhelmed, where you felt out of control, you felt put upon, And offer that up to God and say, God, next time help me through that. Help me to see what you see. Help me to do better. God, thank you for the, the consolations, but help me through those desolations. And the tricky thing about the desolations is even when it seems overwhelming, God is still good in the midst of it anyway. Finding him in those times is the challenge. The fifth thing is to look with hope for a new tomorrow. God, what do you have for me tomorrow? What what will I need your strength for? What will I need your wisdom for? How can I let you lead and guide me into my tomorrow? Because it's going to be a doozy. It's going to be from 8 a.m. till 8 p.m. And I I need your help just to get through the day. But help me to not forget your goodness in the midst of it all. If you can do this, take a picture of it while I'm talking, then you'll have it forever. Uh, If you can do this each day to reflect, this will be like a mini Sabbath for you every day, a a time where you just stop. Reflect on God's goodness. Say, thank you, God, for all you've done for me and help me to do better tomorrow. It's a, it's a way to celebrate his goodness. So regardless of our circumstances, in spite of disappointments, in the face of adversity, irrespective of when everyone else tells us to quit or to blame or to give up hope, hallelujah anyway. Praise God Anyway. Christ has overcome, so will we. We're going to have an AGM. And you know what we're going to do at our AGM? Celebrate the goodness of God. Look at you all here. This is the goodness of God. We didn't have any major pandemics spread through our church. We, We didn't... Uh, get into the negative zone in our finances. We, there's a lot of things that could have happened that God says, nope, not for this church. I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to help them grow. I'm going to help them reach out. And that only happens when we're on our knees <laughs> seeking Him. So let me close this time in prayer and we'll give you more instructions in just a minute. Father God, sometimes we just don't feel like celebrating. We feel worn out, tired but you're good anyway. You're with us and guiding us and empowering us and strengthening us for the next day. You give us a rest at night so that we can face uh, what comes tomorrow. And Father, what comes tomorrow is exciting because we know you're already there. You're going to lead us and guide us into your presence and into your will. You're going to help us to, to, to reach and transform our world through the power of God one life at a time. Show us that one life, God, Guide us to that person that we are going to be giving hope to, or giving encouragement to, or saying, I'll pray for you, or just being a friend to. Guide us to that person, Father, each day. And through your power, may we see lives transformed. Thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you will do. And I pray in Christ's name. Amen.